passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. And by the way, we're going to have Buck on, Craig and I, on our Monday show. We are back. We will do a few shows and then take another vacation. But we got Buck on. And all I here's what I want to hear from Buck Showalter. It's something that Luis Rojas would never give me, and Aaron Boone used to give me a lot. And that is, uh, hey, guys, I effed up. That's all, that's all I want to hear because Buck has done a great job this year. He really has. And I think a lot of what he's done that's so great can't be measured. The way he runs the locker room, fantastic. He's he's done great. But what happened Saturday night was so freaking confusing and made absolutely no sense that all Buck has to do is say, guys, I've been thinking about it. You're right. How the hell do I let a 520 OPS hitter and Tomas Nitto hit because he happened to get lucky and have a base hit in his previous at-bat? Like, that's all you got to say when, and this is the way this game went. I guess it shows you how superstitious I can be. So J.D. Davis comes up with first and second two outs, down two nothing. And obviously I'm dreaming of a three-run home run. I'm at the game with my son Jet, just me and him. And he's like, Dad, they're going to lose. I'm like, I know Jet, they probably are. But I said, all right, J.D. Davis, he's the lead run. And as J.D. comes to the plate, I look to my right and I see Tomas Nitto in the on-deck circle. And I didn't want to say anything out loud. But I'm thinking, there's no way he's going to let Tomas Nitto hit. You know, maybe he's just effing around. And he's looking at, you know, why, why show your hand if you're Buck? There's no need to. Plus, J.D. Davis may strike out, which I thought he was. Like, I didn't think he was going to come through. And he did. He comes through with a little blue base hit. It's a two-to-one game. First and third, two outs. The place is rocking. And then I see Tomas Nitto walking to the batter's box. And I'm like, did he not get the message to him yet? Like, did Buck not communicate quickly enough? And look, I understand that we're dealing with Taylor Rodgers on the mound. He's a lefty. 
First of all, Taylor Rogers is not freaking Billy Wagner in his prime. Okay, he's not Sandy Koufax. Let's let's calm down. Taylor Rogers is the most hittable closer in baseball. So because you've got Mazika and McNeil and Vogelbach and Jankowski, I think was already used as a pinch runner, but you've only got left-handed bats. I get that. We're still talking about Tomas Nitto, who is a pitcher. He's a pitcher hitting. He lays down bunts, and I like it. Like when he laid down that sack bunt in the third inning, which obviously went nowhere because the Mets couldn't come through, I applauded it. I said, good, you can't hit. So lay down a freaking bunt. I'd rather that than a double play. But when Nitto gets to the box, I'm thinking to myself, okay, let's just be rational, Evan. McNeil is hurt. He has that little confidence in Vogelbach against the lefty. And why use Mazika? So I was under the assumption Jeff McNeil has to be hurt. Obviously, we know what happens. Nitto hits that little pop up the second base. The game is over. I'm now leaving this stadium holding the, the, the heaviest bag you could ever have. Because when you take your five-year-old to a baseball game, you have to make sure you have everything. Food, an iPad just in case, his scorebook, my scorebook, bottles of water I never used. Like, my back was going to break from holding this bag. But okay, that's fine. Got to do it. We had a great time. We're getting up the uh, aisle way, and a security guard runs over. I thought I broke the freaking law. Evan, 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 Evan. I'm like, yeah, sir, everything okay? He's like, where the hell is Jeff McNeil? <laughs> and I'm like, I, I, I don't know, sir. Is he hurt? I said, I'm assuming he's hurt because it made no sense that Buck Showalter just let Tomas Nitto in his 495 OPS hit. I can't figure it out. He's, and he was obviously upset, as was I. And uh, then we left. And I'm walking down the stairwell. And I'm getting pissed off like, Buck, this is the first time I'm leaving the ballpark pissed at you. Like, this doesn't make sense. And a lot of times after games, I want to hear the manager speak. But then there are times in which I don't want to hear anything. I just want to go to bed. I want to forget about this game. I'll figure it out the next day. But when I got home and I tucked my son into bed and I checked my phone, I see a quote of, well, Tomas Nitto had a hit earlier in the game. Jeff McNeil's fine, out of rhythm because he didn't start the game. Like all these weird answers that made no freaking sense. So look, I'm I'm not going to tell you we're going to harp on this. I think it's worthy of a question or two when Buck comes on. But all Buck really has to say, it's the most disarming thing you can say, at least to me, which is, yeah, I screwed up. Yeah. I don't know why, guys. Nitto had a base hit earlier. I get, I just... I felt good. Sometimes you can give the answer of my gut told me Tomas Nitto was going to hit a three-run home run. And then you could bring up, hey, did you watch Sunday? Ripped an RBI double. Like, yeah, broken clock is right twice a day. Of course, occasionally Tomas Nitto is going to run into one. It happens. I would not have banked on him running into one in the ninth inning, first and third. And the other thing that just drives me nuts about this is Jeff McNeil has arguably been the Mets' most clutch hitter. And all you need is a single. You wouldn't send him up. I just, none of it made. And Nitto got hurt the night before. We all thought he was going on the injured list. They're trading for Michael Perez. And so Nitto not only plays, he's banged up and he's batting with first and third. Look, I don't want to spend too much more time on it. I think we all agree it was a stupid move. But, and this is a compliment for Buck, it was the first time I was really pissed off at him. Because every other time, it's maybe a little agitation, slightly annoyed. 
I've never been that pissed. And it took until late July for me to be pissed off. But my anger kind of moves away because they won. They won the finale of this series. So it's easy to just kind of brush it by. But it does lead to a much more important issue, Pete. And that's the fact that Tomas Nitto, as much as he's a funny guy and we all respect him and he's really good defensively, he can't hit, man. I mean, it is, it's a pitcher hitting. And so Mazika, you know, he'll run into one once in a while, but Chris Bassett wants to like kill Patrick Mazika because he can't stick with all the different signs that he has. Perez was a depth move. We all know that. Do they have to trade for a catcher now? Like we brought up Sean Murphy last week, but does this now become a thing? Because this is really, this is their catching situation long-term. They're not calling up Francisco Alvarez. We all have to accept that. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I get that, which, by the way, I have my issues with them not calling up anybody over this past month. That's that's an issue for a different story for a different day. But there are other catchers that are out there that could be had that are defensively gifted and give you a little bit more pop. I'm not talking about the Wilson Contreras of the world either. I'm talking about there's like... You look around the league. Sean Murphy's fine, but I think he's gonna be more expensive because I think he's got your guy too. Jan right? Gomes is fine. He's he's better offensively than Tomas Nitto. Dude, he had two he had two home runs yeah. today. He had he had two. He started today. He, he starts like once every few days. He had two home runs. He's batting two twenty two, whatever. But again, gives you some sort of life. Gives you some sort of a bat. But if you're looking for a defensive catcher and a little pop anywhere but the Mets, we have none <laughs> right now. And even when McCann comes back. He gives you no life, too. It gives you sometimes a little bit of power, if, but just not, not enough. If they are fully committed to not calling up Alvarez, and, and look, when, when we talked about calling up Alvarez, it was more as a DH. Like, we were not pressing, or at least I wasn't pressing for Alvarez to come up catching because I get it. Is he ready to catch this staff in a pennant race, a veteran pitching staff in a race like this more than twice a week? The answer is clearly no, because the Mets have no trust in that. They have no belief in that. And there's nothing we can look at that's going to really prove that. Just because Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer were fine with him when Alvarez caught them once doesn't really mean anything. But if they are dead set against Alvarez catching this year, which is fine, I think you're right. I think you do have to look at the trade market. And Wilson Contreras is the number one guy. He's clearly a rental, though. I'm afraid of what that price tag is going to be. Uh, Sean Murphy, you mentioned, does have a lot of team control. So does that bring up his price tag? And Jan Gomes got like that. He's an upgrade over what they have. Because what they have right now is Nitto, who gives you very little offensively, and Patrick Mazika, who's probably not a major league catcher. He's just probably not. So I think as we look long-term, if you could add, if you hit the jackpot in adding a DH and you added Josh Bell or JD Martinez, maybe it makes us more, I guess, content with, all right, there's going to be one spot in the order that's basically the pitcher spot. If you have enough production elsewhere in the lineup, can you live with one spot in your order that's a dead zone? It's easier to deal with it. The problem is, are they ever going to get production out of third base? Because. We've been patient with Eduardo Escobar. We saw Luis Guillerme start this game. And look, I love Luis Guillerme. He's cooled off. 
Like, he's not what his number. He's not a 300 hitter. So it's not just catcher. It's also the questions about what are you going to get offensively from third base? Well, first of all, Guillerme today, Perez said something stupid like uh, he's got power to center field, left left field. Did you hear that in the broadcast? Dude, the broadcast says a lot of dumb things. They say a lot of dumb things, Pete. Yeah. Okay, good. Just making sure you you heard that too. But on top of that, I'm done with this dead spot period. Like, I'm not sitting there saying that, you know, everyone's got to be batting 250 and above. No, I I get that's not going to happen. That's not realistic. But you got to be a little bit more, you know, proactive. We have a dead spot at catcher. We have a dead spot at third base. You know, Guillermo, like I said, is not, not as productive as he once was. At least try to upgrade a little bit, even. Yeah, just but a little bit. And if you bring if you bring in a D, if you bring in a DH, that's fine. But still, we still need something better than Tomas Nito sh- showing up or Patrick Mazzini. But if you up. if you add JD Martinez, let's just say let's just say the Mets hit the jackpot sure. and boom, they add JD Martinez. It lengthens this lineup in such a way where you can live with a lack of production from catcher. Now, if you're not adding JD Martinez and you end up adding, let's say you don't add up anybody offensively and you're living with a J.D. Davis, Daniel Vogelbach platoon basically at DH, then I think there is more of a priority of, all right, I need a little bit more production out of catcher, a little bit more production out of third base. Because here's the truth we all have to understand. The Mets are not adding a DH, a third baseman, a catcher, and three relievers. They're not adding that many things, dude. No, They're I know, not. I know, but but it it feels like, but this is the pr- and this is the problem that I have, Ev, and this is this is maybe this is just me or maybe I capture a certain group of Mets fans, but since June seventh, which I've been very patient mm-hmm. on, I've been very positive and patient, the Mets have just basically been mediocre, like I said, and and they're okay with just a mediocre team, and that to me is not good enough. When you have a team that is scuffled every year, your second half is always bad. It, or not saying always bad, but t- we've seen the collapses over the years. Why wait to the trade deadline? Why wait to see what we could fix last minute? Why haven't you been proactive? That's my biggest well, well, but, but, but wait a second. Hold on. Team. First of all, they haven't been a bad team since June 7th, okay? Mediocre. Yeah, they've been Mediocre. slightly above 500, Mediocre. but you know what? That's the makings of a 95-win team. Have a couple of hot streaks and then survive the rest of the season. That's basically what you have to do. <coughs> Surviving is a terrible way to go. Well, yeah, but what? first of all, surviving they, is, is, is they, they have not. No one's been traded for the most part. This is not exactly like there's been 57 trades and the Mets are sitting idly by. Now, should they have called up Mark Vientos over the last month or Francisco Alvarez over the last month to see if any of your options can come internally? Yeah, I've suggested that. We both have said that. Obviously, they don't believe in Alvarez. Vientos would have been a great call up, let's say, three weeks ago because maybe, not that Vientos would have torn it up, who knows, but it may have changed our view and the Mets' needs going into the trade deadline. We mentioned that a month ago. But as far as trades are concerned, who's been traded? I mean, the Mets actually made an early trade by acquiring Vogelbach. For the most part, teams wait. and It's always the case. They wait until the last week before the trade deadline. That's when the action occurs. You don't usually get key pieces traded a month before the trade deadline. That's That just usually doesn't happen. I, and I understand that and respect that. But again, 
it wasn't about the trade. It was about the calling up. No, that, I would have called. Look, Vientos or Alvarez, either one of them should have been called up over the last month because now what they've that's a mistake. Now what they've done is they've got to go trade for bats. They've got to. They've got to go add a DH. They've got to go improve this team offensively. And there isn't that option of, hey, we saw Vientos for four weeks. He was actually productive. He's going to be a part of the solution. You can't rely on that now in August and September. You've actually got to go out and rely on adding a bat. And they will. Like, I'm not sitting here worried that the Mets aren't going to make a deal. I think they're 100% going to add multiple relievers. And I think they're going to add a DH. I'm not sure they're going to add a catcher. I certainly don't think they're going to add a third baseman. I think we're looking at a couple of moves. Is it going to be the ones that I'm dreaming of? I don't know. 